Welcome to Points of Courage, where we celebrate the big risks behind building a small business. I'm your host, Jessica Jackley. Hiscox and I are working together to share stories of gutsy entrepreneurs who put a lot on the line to start their own companies. We're back with three new episodes that I can't wait to share with you. I took my own business risks about a decade ago when I started Kiva, a peer-to-peer micro-lending website that funds entrepreneurs around the world. Today, I teach and speak widely on entrepreneurship, and I also get to talk to incredible thinkers and innovators here on Points of Courage. I love having real conversations with entrepreneurs who have built their companies from the ground up with nothing but their own drive, passion, and courage. And I'm constantly learning new things as I hear each one's unique journey. You should get ready to learn a lot too. This podcast is brought to you by Hiscox Insurance, America's number one online small business insurer. You can learn more about Hiscox at hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. Hiscox, encourage courage. I have Joe Williams here with me today. After serving in the U.S. Army for over 10 years, she found herself struggling with civilian life. She became homeless with $12 in her pocket. But eventually, she turned those $12 into a thriving fitness company. Somehow, we were able to pull her away from her intense routine of running four busy boot camps to talk about it. It's such a treat to have you here. Thanks so much for coming, Joe. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. So let's just start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. How did this company start? Well, this company started with a little insanity on my part. <laughs> I, When I decided to join the Army, I did not look like anything anybody would ever put in the Army, <laughs> ever. <laughs> I was almost 400 pounds. And at this time, I think I was at a state of desperation that I needed to change my life. Mm. And initially, I was like, you know, this is not for me. You know, even though I was a military brat, my dad was in the military, everybody in my family was in the military. But I didn't feel like I was cut out for that. Luckily for me, I was one of those people that they were willing to work with. My recruiter took me on. He said, you know, if if you can lose the weight, you'd make an amazing soldier. And that was all the words I needed to hear to restore my hope. He worked with me every day. We worked out three or four times a day, six days a week. You're and, kidding. And within, I'd say about six months, I had lost 170 pounds. Oh, my goodness. And I was ready to go into boot camp. What were those first few days and weeks like? What happened then? Well, the first few days, I want, definitely wanted to go home. I had questioned my own sanity. Like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> I felt like I was being personally attacked <laughs> by the U.S. government, how hard they were working me. But... I got through it. I sucked it up. You know, I put the covers over my head at night and just cried out. In the morning, I got stronger and better every day. I think in my second week of boot camp is when I really clicked like, wow, I was born for this because I I came from obesity. And when you're 387 pounds, you're not thinking about marching 12 miles in boots and full gear and full battle rattle and all your weapon and your Kevlar and your helmet on your head and everything else. You're not active at 387 pounds. So in my second week of boot camp, it had dawned on me that I've been missing out on this and it became my lifestyle. Even the drill sergeant were like, get that smile off your face, soldier. I'm like, I'm having fun. What do you want me to do? You're torturing me. Everybody else is dying, but I'm not dying. I love it. Give me more push-ups. Give me more. And so by the time I graduated boot camp, 
I had lost so much weight, my own mother didn't even recognize me. When I walked across the field, I deliberately walked by her 16 times. And she had no idea who I was. So Amazing. Well, <laughs> and it sounds like it sounds like there were, you know, you served for 10 years, did that mm-hmm. enthusiasm and the opportunity to participate in boot camp like yes. activities. Was that sustained over the 10 years? Oh yeah. I started doing my own like obstacle courses and I started pulling my friends aside and stuff like that at Fort Campbell and started doing our own workouts. And one thing led to another and that turned into, you know, Sergeant Williams. <laughs> Who's going to Sergeant Williams' PT session today? I would be standing in front of four or 500 soldiers at a time. And it, it was so easy for me. I wasn't shy. I wasn't nervous. It was something I did so naturally. And that was my learning point, really. Right. It was just an amazing opportunity to connect with people and to really give them something new outside of yes. uh, our traditional uh, yes. PT. But that's where I got my start. That's where I found my niche. Well, help me understand then what followed. So it sounds like after 10 years of service, you were thriving in right. the, your military career. Oh, yeah. What happened? Why did things change? Coming from military life to civilian life, it was a huge transition on every level as far as life is concerned. And it took a toll on my finances. I was doing well in the beginning, you know, paying my rent on time and stuff like that. And then it became harder and harder because I didn't have a job right out of the military right away. I had whatever I had saved up, which is about twenty five hundred dollars when I left. And soon that money ran out and I had no work. And so that resulted in collections fees. And now I'm being evicted from my apartment and now I'm living in my car. But I made it work. You know, I, I always had this thing in the back of my mind is if, you know, if I can go through Iraq three times, if I can spend that amount of time in the military, if I can go through all those things and conquer all of these different feats, I can definitely certainly get through this. Yeah. A whole year went by. And at that point, my vehicle was towed away for non-payment. Now I'm completely homeless without any shelter over my head. And I ended up living in there was a really abandoned mall called the Hickory Hollow Mall in Antioch, Tennessee. I'll never forget it. And they had this abandoned parking area where no cars were being parked or anything like that. So that's where I lived <laughs> for about four months. And while living in the parking lot, I had always noticed that these four ladies were like walking around the mall. They were mall walkers <laughs> with their dogs. I guess they were friends. One day I decided to approach them and I said, would you guys like a free training program? And they were, were like, well, unbelievable. Sure. So you just walk up to these people that you've just seen day yep. after day. Well, how much was that premeditated? Did you have a plan in mind? I had no plan in mind. You just thought, mind. I got to do something. I, I felt like that was my golden opportunity to see if I actually had a shot at this. If this is something that I can do in yeah. my civilian career, not just in my military career. It's now or never. Long story short, the last $12 in my pocket that I had saved, I took that, got on the computer at the library, and bought four mats off of Craigslist for those four ladies. By the way, I still have those four mats to this day. I have them framed in my house. Those four mats changed my entire life, not just my career. Wow. I had nothing left at that point. Four turned into 20. Now, how did that 25. happen? Though? So the four turned into 20 because they were so pleased. They yes. invited people or did you ask them? Were nope. you proactive? These ladies within a month, all of them had lost about 30 to 35 pounds. Whoa. And so, of course, when you're having insane results like that, you're going to spread the word. You're going right. to tell somebody. And so they're like, hey, girl, come on down to the Hickory Hollow Mall parking lot. I mean, I had that parking lot full of women. Within two months, I was able to get an apartment, moved into an apartment. I so got you started a, a little charging. Bit, yes. Start, so okay. I started charging. Even then, it was only $19 a month. <laughs> I charged them $19 for the full month. But I had 50 women at that point that I could no longer hide in the parking lot. So I took a step out on faith. I went into the mall and I asked them for my own studio space. And they said, yes, no Inside money down. Inside the mall. Yeah. 
where you had been living in the parking lot. Yes. Outside of that. Oh, my. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. So everything happens for a reason. Were you able to just sign up and start paying for that space? They gave me my first studio for three months free. And in that three months, I was able to do really well for myself. Yeah. I I mean I am it's my job to ask you these questions and I'm just speechless my jaw is dropped I am <laughs> in awe of your tenacity and the courage that you had to Thank continue you. at all moments in this journey to be hopeful yes. and to keep pushing forward and to f- find or just create those opportunities yeah. for yourself Had you ever envisioned yourself an entrepreneur? Well, even if you were to ask some of my childhood friends, even at the age of three or four, I was as bossy as they come. I've always (laughs) been extremely bossy. Of course, that's had its benefits over the years. Now in my adulthood, I'm now running four gyms going on five. So So I've always seen myself here. Oh, wow. Well, tell me how you went from that one space, the one studio in the mall, to so many others? Well, the space in the mall actually outgrew twice. I considered myself one of the largest boot camps, really, on the East Coast. A lot of boot camps you go to, you might find 30 to 50 people in there. Mine had 150 people. It's unheard of in the training world. And at that point, I knew I had to start expanding because, you know, it started to get to the point where people in, like, you know, Memphis, other cities were contacting me for an infernal fitness. And that's what gave me the motivation, really, and the empowerment to expand into other locations. How did you find other people to train that could lead classes when you couldn't be in all these different cities at once? For the most part, I said nine out of 10 of my trainers were referred to me by other clients who like, you know, I've had some experience with this trainer. I think they'd be a good fit for your gym. And so that was it. That's all it took is a phone call. Just give me a number and I talk to them. And I mean, once trainers hear about the story of Infernal Fitness and what we believe in and what our mission is and how we look for our clients and how we treat our clients, they fall in love with that business model. And that's something that they want to be on board with. Will you tell us, and for for those listening, tell us that mission. Tell us those values. We believe in putting capes on people's backs. We believe in, you know, empowering women in such a way that they literally feel like they can conquer the world after a workout with us. That one hour, we look at that one hour in our gym as a way to liberate people. People need to feel liberated. People need to feel like They have a purpose because if we don't have that loved, empowered, inspired citizens, we don't have those citizens out in the real world, not just in the gym. We're not going to make it as, I think, as a people, period. Really, our purpose at Infernal Fitness is to change lives, not just bodies. Building a brick and mortar business is different than other businesses, but it sounds like you've mastered that too, this element of really having a strong following on social media, for example. Yes. How did you do that? My social media is positioned such in a way to inspire people. That's my whole purpose. We don't do any Facebook advertising, but we position it in such a way where, you know, people look forward to the things that we post. They look forward to our content. They look forward to that quality. They look forward to seeing, you know, that crazy kooky picture of gym selfies and things of that nature. And so we're able to capture a lot of sales out of that because people want to buy into that culture. Like, wow, they're having fun in that gym. They're taking selfies. Oh, wow, Joe does show up. I would say definitely like 9.9 out of 10 of my clients come from Facebook. Where does your incredible motivation come from? It seems like this has always been a part of you and who you are. Can you find an origin? My origin is definitely my mom. (laughs) This is where I get emotional. (laughs) Growing up... um, 
I watched my mom go from job to job, job to job. She was overwhelmed all the time. And, you know, my dad wasn't in the picture much. And at the end of the day, she's crying herself to sleep. But as soon as she had to wake up, she had to put on that cape. But I saw through that. I always saw my mom in pain, even though she thought she was putting on the brave face. And she was a nanny for a really wealthy family. One day, she took me to their home, and they had an east wing and a west wing. I mean, the home was like a shopping mall. It was huge. And I remember sitting in the grass and, like, playing with one of the kids' toys. It was like a technology-type gadget toy that was sitting in the grass. I wanted to play with it because this wasn't stuff that I saw at home. One of the lady's kids came up and said, what are you doing? Why are you playing with my toy? You're black. I was like, you know, and I'm even to this day, those words tattooed me. And it wasn't really a racial thing for me. It was a feeling of I'm better than you. And that changed my entire perspective for the rest of my life. That is the hub of what makes me want to go over and beyond to make women and anybody really feel like they're somebody. I would never want anyone to feel like I felt growing up. You know, you're this because you're fat. You're that because you're poor. You're that because your mom is a single mom. You're that. There was a whole bunch of dynamics growing up that people made me feel inferior. And, you know, I take all those feelings and I pour that out into my gym. I pour that out into my clients. I always want my clients to feel like a million bucks, even if I just tell them that they're beautiful or compliment them on their sneakers or whatever the case may be. I would never want anyone to feel the way that I felt growing up. What a beautiful response to the tough things that you had been dealt earlier in your life. I, I applaud that so much, and I find it incredibly inspiring. So what are your thoughts? What is your vision for the future of your business over the next three, five, ten years? And what do you think you'll need to have some courage for? Mm-hmm. Well, even in the next year, I plan on for lack of better words, dominating fitness. Like, I don't plan to be quiet about this <laughs> movement. You're kidding. At all. <laughs> um, so the only way to do that is to open up locations everywhere, which is what I'm aggressively doing now. I'm going on my fifth and sixth location. By January 1st, there would be a total of six locations, not four. And by the end of 2017, we're looking at a total of about 40 locations. And as far as courage is concerned, you have to be courageous in this field. It's not even an option. Like <laughs> you, it's, it's not an option. And that's in any field, not just fitness, but you have to be a boss about it. And not in a cocky way, but in a, in a way that you, your feet are planted, you're grounded, and you know exactly where you're going. I'll tell anybody to their face that my gym is better than yours. And so you have to explain this because you can't. I I have not yet, I'll say yet, been to a boot camp of yours. I'd love to go someday. But describe to us what is your secret sauce? What do people do when they show up? It is from the time you walk through the doors to the time you leave or you'll be actually crawling. You'll walk in, but you'll crawl out. We literally embody every genre of fitness within that one hour. So for 10 minutes, you might be doing abdominal work. And then for 10 minutes, you might be doing hip hop aerobics. For 10 minutes, you might be running on a treadmill. 10 minutes, you might be on elliptical with dumbbells in your hand. I mean, we cover all bases is Nothing it is different taboo. every single time. It's different. Every workout is different. You know, people aren't going to continue to pay 
$150 a month for something that's boring. Okay, so you changed your pricing from 19 to 150. That was a good move. Good move. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, definitely. We are not the $29 boot camp anymore. We're uh, a little over $150. Um, But, you know, the workout is invariably different every single day. And that's what keeps people coming back. Well, and you're telling them that they're beautiful and they can do it. I mean, that's absolutely. It sounds like that, the message, the the culture that you create is just as much a part of what really makes it work as the the fitness regimen. Without it, it'd just be any boot camp. Right. Incredible. Do you personally design all the workouts still? I do. Yeah, that's <laughs> Which great. Which is why I never sleep. I'm very hands-on. That's my biggest challenge, letting go. I'm wearing all the hats right now. I'm answering the phone. I'm showing up to, to sessions. You know, it's very hard for me to detach myself because my day is not complete if I don't get to see my clients. Realistically, that's not going to be able to continue to happen. Not if you I'm expand have, it right, three right, months. If I'm expanding yeah. the 40 locations, 50 locations. But, you know, it has to happen, though. So... I'm picturing you living in the parking lot outside of that mall, still totally hopeful, as hopeful as you are today, as hopeful Mm -hmm. as you were at any moment in your life. How do you think about risk and do you Mm -hmm. think about things that way? Oh, absolutely. But my motto has always been scared money doesn't make money. You have to be willing to go all in. You have to be willing to lose it all, to gain it all. Whether you want to open a nail salon or a hair salon or whatever you want to open, you can't hold on to your little last $12, like in my instance. You can't hold on to that. you got to let it go. I did not eat for about a week after I spent that $12. But look where that's taken me. And that would not have happened if I didn't let go of that $12, if I wasn't willing to go all the way broke. And don't even be concerned about what other people have to say about it. I I honestly have to put that out there because someone, as soon as you tell someone what you're getting ready to do, you tell someone your plan, I'm getting ready to spend my last $12 or I want to invest $5,000 into my first bar, somebody's going to discourage you. You can't let anybody discourage you. And your story, did you, I mean... Did you run your ideas by anybody before nope. you're in the parking lot? Did you check with a friend or a family member? Like, I'm going to use my $12 for the nope. mats. My sister lived about a block away, and even she didn't know I was homeless. Wow. Nobody knew my plans because I didn't feel like it was anybody's business. You have to protect your vision like, like it's already a million dollars. Amen. And so it's okay to feel like you're the only crazy one who feels crazy about your dream because that's all it takes. It only takes you as an individual, as the person who has that dream. And it's okay to be crazy. So I say go for it. Go all in. Just let it go. Risk it all. Lose it all. And go after your dream. I have zero doubt that somebody listening right now has just kind of stopped the podcast and has gone off to go (laughs) take that (laughs) leap, right? Make that jump. Right, right. Yeah. And that's just the whole concept behind it. You have to be smart and you've got to think ahead. I've always thought ahead. Those four women that I started with, I always saw them representing 400 women. I always saw that one location representing 20 locations. I never saw myself as just being small business. At some point in my mind, at some point, I knew I would become a corporation. I love that. I love that. And I love your spirit and your attitude and your incredible confidence. I want it to rub off on me. (laughs) So, So I've heard you say several different things, you know, protect your vision, protect your dream, think big, take those risks, be hopeful. There's so many things you've already sort of dropped into this conversation, but what other advice would you have for entrepreneurs out there that are right at the beginning and want to start something and are looking at your journey and saying, oh my goodness, if I could only... Stop being fearful. (laughs) I can't emphasize that enough. The only thing that's holding that vision back from manifesting is fear. It's either fear or money. And since you can get money, 
The only thing that's left is fear. So, you know, you have to put on that fearless cape. You just got to step out there and do it and believe in yourself. Nobody, nobody can believe in you like you can. There is so much that you have figured out, and this just comes so naturally to you, and so much to be proud of. I have no doubt that you're going to succeed, and we will all be rooting for you and Thank watching you. and perhaps joining some of the boot camps Yes, soon. in a city near you. Absolutely. It's coming. Absolutely. No <laughs> doubt. The version of courage that I saw Joe display and that she's just manifested in her life again and again and again is one that is completely powerful and empowered. She just decided at every point to make a choice to do the scary thing, to take that step that was in front of her and to be brave. I think many small business owners, many entrepreneurs struggle with growth when it means they have to give things up that they've been executing on from the beginning of their venture. So I look forward to seeing her learn to do that more and more. I have total confidence she'll be able to do it. And uh, it'll be fun to check in with her over time to see how that has worked itself out. That's it for this episode of Points of Courage. Next week, I'll have an environmental engineer in the studio to talk about how he turned a devastating diagnosis into motivation for starting a now global tech company. Points of Courage is produced by Panoply Custom Studios and is brought to you by Hiscox Insurance, America's number one online small business insurer. Another thank you to Joe Williams for talking about her incredible venture. To hear more inspirational stories of entrepreneurship, subscribe to Points of Courage wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jessica Jackley. Thank you for joining me. Want to learn more about Joe's journey to start Inferno Fitness? Go to slate.com slash points of courage to read the article and check out more about what she does.